Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing long in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night, and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Joining us today for Song of the Soul is Magic Mama, not to be confused with Earth Mama, who was my guest a few weeks ago. In her civilian life and costume, Magic Mama is known as Cherson Halin de Gaia. In her living and in her music, she is a source of joy and creativity, and it's a total pleasure today to bring you Magic Mama and her Song of the Soul. Cherson, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thanks, it's great to be here. You're a musician. I've seen you perform any number of places here, and you're well-known in the region. But I was surprised. You just told me earlier that you've only been performing for about three years, and I cannot believe that. Well, music has been a part of my life my whole life. I think as soon as I was able to talk, I could sing, and as soon as I could crawl and climb on things, I was climbing up on a piano bench and plunking out little melodies. But I was extremely shy as a child. And it never occurred to me for music to be a performance career. Just in the past few years, it just really kind of came about, and it chose me, I think. Three years ago or so, you started performing. Was it just that Sherston was going to be too hard for people to spell? Is that why you chose the name Magic Mama? First, I like to think of magic as the art of changing consciousness at will, changing the way we think and perceive things. When I was living out in California, there was this funky little vintage shop that I had found this orange velour 60s two-piece outfit. And the bottom was these bell bottoms, which would stretch out in the knees and they'd stretch out in the butt. And of course, they were belled and I just couldn't wear the pants. They were pretty funny looking. So I decided to cut them up and I was making a bag out of them. And 
my daughter was about two at the time. She was digging through these in-process sewing projects. She found this orange velour, almost a bag, and put it on her head. And I looked over and went, that would be really cute if we just pulled up these right here and made little ears. And I cut off the arms of this doll body that I was working on that wasn't stuffed or anything yet and slapped them on the ears so that it had a little different color. But they flopped over. It needed something. And I just happened to have some jingle bells right there. And I stuffed them up into the ears and whipped a few quick stitches. And the hat was born. Shortly after that, I was wearing it because it was too big for her. And some friends wanted more of these hats for people they knew who were going through chemotherapy. So I started making these cat hats and thinking about the cat as an animal ally for anyone on a journey with cancer or a life-threatening disease or illness of some kind. And the cat is said to have nine lives and always lands on its feet. So thinking about the cat as a powerful animal ally more and more people wanted these hats. So I just started making them as kind of a side business and made a little tag to go with them and wanted to tell the story in a little book form of where this had come from. And in that story, wanting to remain anonymous, not talking about myself, I just named myself Magic Mama. And it stuck. So you perform around the area as Magic Mama and you make your own music in addition. Do you want to talk about the music that you selected for your Song of the Soul? Sure. The first song I chose is called Joy Word, and I often use that song as either a sound check song or the first song on my set list. In doing that, I have the intention of opening a circle of gratitude. It's like my way of cleansing and creating sacred space for people to enter. And the message in the song, gratitude is the memory of heart. The beat of the heart is the rhythm of the soul. The soul's joy is in its unfolding. This moment we are holding now, we have all we ever enjoy. And joy word is an expression that I use in relating to all directions. It's a holistic way of being. In doing that, I feel like I'm casting a circle in the new paradigm rather than looking forward to playing this music with everyone, which is a two-dimensional, linear way of thinking, looking joyward in all directions. Gratitude is the memory of heart, and the beat of the heart is the rhythm. Gratitude is the memory of heart, and the beat of the heart is the rhythm. Joy word, 
Joy Word. It's by Magic Mama. Sherston Halim de Gaia is my guest here today. She is Magic Mama. At least she's been that for the last few years. Sherston, when you say Joy Word, you were raised Lutheran. And this doesn't sound very Lutheran. But on the other hand, I believe there's equivalencies. And so some of us think about going heaven-bound or God-word or whatever you would say. How does that relate? How does Joy Word relate to the stuff that you grew up with? It's the way that my parents live authentically. There was no real difference in who they are at church and who they are at home. So it was really an authentic way of being. They're very joyful people, and I had a really happy childhood. So you mean this wasn't the lugubrious, guilt-centered kind of Lutheran childhood that Garrison Keillor talks about in Lake Wobegon? Of course, he's only playfully exaggerating in his storytelling, but I do think that there are many religious groups absorbed in an ethos of sin, guilt, shame, and you just seem to be the opposite. You just radiate joy. Did you get it from your family or your religion, or just where did it come from? Well, I think I was just born optimistic. I've always been really creative, and they really supported that. Whatever I was really interested in, they supported. And they're musical and creative people as well. And one of the formative experiences that I feel like has stayed with me and really made a huge impact on my life is the time that we spent as a family in nature, whether it was paddling Minnehaha Creek, all three kids and my two parents in one canoe. And you can't do that anymore. I don't think you can't get through the city of Minneapolis on the creek in a canoe, but we did. And road trips throughout the country in the Redwood Forest and the Rocky Mountains. And we would take these family vacations and really spend time intimately with nature. That is where I felt the most spirit active in my life. Throughout the week, my dad would be writing his sermons. And I would be hanging out downstairs sometimes. And he'd be listening to Mahalia Jackson or Louis Armstrong or John Denver or what have you. And it was very joyful music. And I would have these experiences with my family throughout the week and then be going to church on Sunday. The Lutheran book of worship didn't move me all that much. It felt like sort of going through the motions. There wasn't a lot of lively essence really to it. 
the sermons that my dad was up there trying to communicate to the congregation how this applies to our lives today. So whatever had been going on at home in his experience throughout the week would make its way into the sermon. And he has a very good way of communicating in the now, the sort of metaphor and archetypes, in a way, of the mythology in the Bible, in a way that didn't feel really fundamentalist to me as a kid. He doesn't necessarily translate it literally. It's, here's this teaching, here's the essence of this, and here's how this applies to our daily lives. But I could understand those stories in a way that made sense to me, because he was applying them directly to our lives. It wasn't a damnation kind of oriented, if you don't follow these rules, you're going to hell. There wasn't that kind of a message. It was really more a peaceful, joyful, experiencing life and trying to be a good person and be a compassionate soul to ourselves, to our neighbors, to our families, and do good work in the world. And as you already said, part of the example that he gave you with this life is to live the life that they're talking about, that they're matching what they say and what they do. And I think that has something to do with the next song you chose. Like I said, Mahalia Jackson was a presence in our household. While not in church on Sunday, she was behind the scenes playing on the vinyl while he's writing the sermons. That's what I got to hear at home. And so this song I, I chose to share with you by Mahalia Jackson is I'm going to live the life I sing about in my song. Jackson, Queen of Gospel. 
singing, I'm going to live the life I sing about, my song. Obviously a wonderful singer and inspiration to many of us. Now that's pretty gospel-oriented. How do you relate to that now that you've gone on? And as you've already said, I think you find a lot of connection with spirit in nature. Yeah, I consider myself to have a nature-based spirituality. Some people would call that pagan, yet I don't subscribe to the dogma of any particular religious base. I just find a real spirit alive when I connect with myself as a natural being, and we are nature, whether it's the morning glories outside my back door and the bees climbing right in there, or a deep wilderness boundary waters experience, or just an hour of yoga where you go into your breath and really feeling your natural rhythms. I think growing up in a church environment that focused on God as male never resonated with me. While I appreciate many of the lessons and the teachings within the Bible, yet there was always something missing for me as a girl. Where did I fit? I mean, with a pendulum metaphor being all the way on a patriarchal side, my young adult life, it really started to swing and finding the goddess and exploring that. And what is that about? And what's missing here? What's the other part of the story that hasn't been told? In finding that and being able to reconnect with that, I was able to bring that pendulum more into a center again and recognize that there needs to be this balance with the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine. And so here's Mahalia embodying sacred feminine herself while she's singing about sacred masculine and finding her own connection to the divine. So she was a mediator, I think, for me in that. This next song, Gone to Fly, that I chose, the chorus is based on a William Blake poem, and I've changed the he to a she. And this song, actually, I wrote when I was in college, and towards the end of my college career, I was taking a summer philosophy class, and originally the song was written as an essay for that class, and as my senior art show approached, my parents came for the show, and they brought me a guitar, knowing I was going to be leaving college, journeying out into the world, and I didn't have a musical instrument. Music had been a part of my life my whole life, and I didn't have anything traveling with me other than my voice. And so here I had this poem and my brand new guitar. I went home, sat down and started just strumming, learning some chords. And I ended up putting this poem to this music.
It's by Magic Mama, who's my guest here today. About that song, Gone to Fly, Sherston, there's a progression in that song, isn't there? The first verse I wrote in one of the parks in Duluth where there's a bridge over the river, and I was laying on this bridge as the water is just like shaking the earth underneath me. So I literally was trembling with the earth, feeling that water, that continual flowing energy of spirit through the earth. So in the second verse, we experience the infinite cosmos, the no beginning, no ending sky. How mind-blowing is that? Again, holistic ways of being. And then in the last verse, beneath and beyond does purpose lie. So we wander around in these human bodies wondering, what is this all about? What am I doing here? And when we leave our bodies behind, part of the story of our soul's journey right now is human And that's temporary. And after we leave these bodies, that doesn't matter anymore. And I was still in that place of really being heavily experienced with that Christian Lutheran upbringing and thinking of beneath as if the soul is going to go upwards and beyond is also linear. Again, this is about 15 or more years ago that I wrote this. And soul transcended at the end of this song. So in the chorus, which is taken from a William Blake poem, She who kisses joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. The beginning of that, she who binds to herself a joy. When we try to possess something that we love, ultimately we destroy it. The soul's joy is in its unfolding. It's the experience of this life that really matters. I hope everybody got all of that when they listened to the song, but now they're going to have to go back and listen to this recording over again, which, of course, they can do via my website, which is northernspiritradio.org. And, of course, even better than that, maybe you want to go and buy Sherston's recording of this. And this is from her second recording that she put out, which is called Wild Birds. Her first one is Rodeo de Gaia, and you can find both of them on her website, magicmamamusic.com. And, of course, there's always a link on northernspiritradio.org. So we just heard about Gone to Fly, and now we're getting into another part of this balance, I think, to the patriarchy. We're going to talk about Crohn's now, right? So I left college with my guitar and headed for the West Coast. 
lived out there for a number of years and had my first child, Sage. Then I had a handful of not-so-whimsical, happy experiences. And while I love my children dearly, the early years of their lives were very dark for me. Music got buried. Much of my spirit was really buried as a result of a variety of things. When my daughter was born, she was about a couple months old, we actually moved from a cabin in northern Wisconsin, where I lived for a year, that had no running water and no electricity. I was pregnant. Sage was three years old. We moved back in with my parents in the house I grew up in, in the west suburbs of Minneapolis. So I went from hauling water and chopping wood, carrying an infant and a three-year-old, to the house of my childhood that had one of those gas fires where you just flip the switch and the fire is on. And I was in such a dark space. I was almost gone. My parents still say that they felt like they had almost lost me. And music had been such an important part of my life for most of my life. And and here I was in this place of self-preservation. At one point, I harvested some sapling willow and built a moon lodge in a little spot in the corner lot of the woods in their backyard. Went into this space and called music back into my life like it was a soul retrieval. Within a short amount of time, I started painting. I was a live action painter for the band Cloud Cult and started writing music again on my guitar. And one of the first songs that I wrote was this song, Crone, which for me is a love song to Hecate. And in that descent to that dark, dark space, it's in that space that the littlest, tiniest glimmer of light looks so incredibly bright. And it was that that started pulling me back out of it. And it was in meeting the dark mother in myself, not only through childbirth, that threshold of life and death, but feeling that power that helped me to climb out of that space.
as you said, the dark goddess. The crone, I've heard in multiple ways, and part of what I've heard of crone is the wise old woman. The idea of the the crone as the dark mother, if you look at the moon, the full moon is that ripe, pregnant mother. The new crescent is the maiden, and the waning crescent and going into the dark moon, that's the crone, and it shows us the cycles that we're going through in our lives. So When we stop bleeding, we hold that energy within our bodies and that incredibly powerful, wise space that we're in at that time in our lives where we've experienced all these things and then starting to hold those experiences in a way that leads to some kind of wisdom. And so Crone not only conveys the physical status that a woman might be in, it's also an experiential place that... At any given time in our lives, whether you're male or female, we can access the wisdom of the crone. I think the full moon is part of joy, and that's when you go barefoot, isn't it, when the moon is full? Yeah, so when I was invited to record a record with this producer, I said, yeah, yeah, we'll get to this other stuff, but I really want to do this kid's record. Because in writing a song like Crone, that was healing for me. And yet, I'm a mother, And I want to live joyfully with my children and have these experiences with them. And and how do we represent and present that in the world? So we're out playing outside. Kick off your shoes, feel the moss on your toes, barefoot walks in the moonlight under the cottonwood trees. And so this song, Go Barefoot, is really, in a way, a day in the life of experiencing nature with my children and those moments of walking like the deer and being like the owl and jumping in the creek and going barefoot by magic mama this little piggy this little piggy went this little piggy this little piggy went this gonna do go barefoot this gonna do go barefoot this gonna do go barefoot way down yonder in the pawpaw patch in the pawpaw patch with the wiggle grass grows with your shoes all fast try to make it last fuzzy moss like a floss as it tickles your toes this gonna do go barefoot this gonna do go barefoot Go barefoot. Go barefoot. Go barefoot. Hot 
I hope as you were listening, you peeled off those shoes, went out and got some ground under your feet, went barefoot and reconnected with Gaia. That was Go Barefoot. My guest is Magic Mama. She's sharing with us today her song of the soul. Where do we go next on your song of the soul journey? We're going to make some stone soup now that we're on to these kids' songs. These are for everybody. I'm not necessarily a children's musician in the sense that I only write songs for children and about children. This, these are for everybody. I've rewritten the story of Stone Soup, and it's also on my CD. But the idea is every single one of us has a gift, some kind of a talent, a special skill that we can bring to the world in a very unique way. And it takes everybody sharing some of what we are abundant in. And then we feast as a community because we are all sharing. So when we all give what we have, nobody has to go without anything. And in this recording of Stone Soup, I'm actually playing kitchen utensils, grating a beet, chopping carrots, and I'm playing the bass and the guitar and the pots and pans and the vegetables and sharing, here's some of what I've got. Within the lyrics in the song, I'm trying to share a little bit of a perspective for me on how important it is that we treat our bodies as a temple. We are nature. So the closer we can get to the living essence of our food, especially if you can grow some of your own, that's part of what's going on in the verses of this song, is the importance of the respect that we have for the earth and our bodies as nature. Stone soup. It's what you bring to the pot. Tell me what you got. We got the R-E-C-I-P-E recipe. What? You spell it. The R-E-C-I-P. 
Soup by Magic Mama. Shirsten Haleen Degaya is my guest here today. She is Magic Mama. And in that recording of Stone Soup, you heard a lot of different instruments going on. And you said, Shirsten, that you were playing different vegetables there. I guess you're grating them and so on. That. How do you do this when you're in concert? I actually used to grate a beat live in concert, but it gets really messy and I couldn't help it eat some every once in a while, and then it would be hard for me to sing. Raw beats and singing don't go that well together. So what I do is I bring recycled instruments that I've made out of those little plastic eggs and charcoal water filters and cardboard tubes that we've made into rain sticks. They come in my big stone soup paper mache cauldron that I've made, and I pass those out to the audience so everybody can get involved and participate in making the music with me. And many of the other songs, I have instruments that we play as well. 
So it's different every show, depending on who's there. It's a different batch of soup. So everybody can experience that joy of participating in the process. And I say in my performances, too, that anything can be a musical instrument. It depends on what you do with it. One of the instruments that I pass around is empty cheese puff bags. In this next song that I've chosen, Crickets in the Rain, the first instrument that I start out playing is a mason jar with water in it. And that water actually gathered from the Pacific Ocean. In that song, I invite people to play their fingers. One finger raindrops, you know, we're made of 70% water. Two finger raindrops. And when you put the three fingers up and you make a W and you tap it on your chin, that's the hand sign for water. So we play charcoal water filters. We play handmade rain sticks. We play our bodies. And I play this jar full of water and a drum made out of paper. Crickets in the rain. Magic mama. We're going with the flow here with Magic Mama. Crickets in the Rain was that song. She's been taking us through much of our environment. She's talking about all the elements as she's been going along, and it's people. And 
in that song, you use the word holy. And I think that holy has a different meaning when you're a Lutheran and when you're nature-based in your spirituality. And I, I think you're living it out in your songs, you know, what what holy is. Can you put it into more specific words, spell out a little bit more what holy is to you now? I think that holy is referring to sacredness. It's not something that is outside of ourselves or separate from ourselves. When we can honor the divinity that is within everything in creation as being sacred, as being holy, we have a newfound respect for it and it will affect our actions. You're less likely to pollute your body and the earth's body if you really connect with the divinity within it. I'm with you all the way on that, Sherison. Since the sacredness is everywhere, it's in the birds also. And the next song you've chosen for your song of the soul is Wild Birds. Tell us about them. Wild Birds was written while I was still living in Minneapolis. I was watching the birds migrating and having this sense of freedom that a wild bird has and how we're disrupting the natural way of things by taking out wetlands and putting up shopping malls and destroying habitat for the natural world and really connecting with the freedom of the butterflies and the birds that are following the circadian clocks. They don't get AAA maps. If there's construction zone that is changing their route, it affects the whole species. So in watching these wild birds migrating and connecting with that sense of freedom and really feeling like I wanted to get out of the city. It was meant to be a temporary respite while I did some healing and it was time for me to go to. Needing to find a place where I could dig up all the sod and plant wildflowers and plant vegetables. And yet this inner conflict with how can we own the earth? If I rent a place, I need to get somebody else's permission. And yet if I buy a place, I'm prescribing to the same concept of, of ownership over land that I don't agree with. And yet if I can have my name on this deed, that means I can reclaim some of this earth for some kind of wild space, some landing pad for the butterflies. So Wild Birds is really about the longing for that freedom, the sense of almost rage sometimes about what is going on in the world. At the end of the song, I'm singing about magic, monsters, and medicine. And the magic, the art of changing consciousness at will. The monsters, those demon shadows that we encounter in ourselves. Seeing that, being able to face that and going into that dark well like we do with the crone, and then living that medicine. Here's what I've learned, and here's how I'm going to walk in the world. Try to him. 
Wild Birds by Magic Mama. I think we've got time for one more song, Cheriston. You mentioned earlier something that's very evident on your website. Again, the website is magicmamamusic.com. You mentioned on there something about peace pirates, and you mentioned that Louis Armstrong, I think, was a peace pirate. What do you mean by peace pirate? I like to think of a peace pirate as anyone who is joyfully subverting the dominant paradigm. (laughs) In other words, living their gifts, like stone soup, in the world in such a way that we are providing an inspiration and a model for others to do the same in a way that is not hurting other people, the earth. Now, Louis Armstrong traveled the world as an ambassador, really, for this country at a time when black people could not even vote. And rather than being armed with weapons of destruction, he had a horn. And so the peace pirate idea is anyone who is out planting seeds, growing their own food, making music, making beauty in the world that creates an inspiration for others to find some balance and walk a little more lightly on the earth and treat ourselves with respect. There's something in his music, and I I grew up with his music, and hearing the expression of joy and that passionate energy that comes through that music, the way that they're all working together, that the harmony and then those times when some of the musicians hold back so that one of the musicians can shine and they're all taking turns just singing through their instruments. That was Royal Garden Blues, Louis Armstrong. We've been sharing music here today. We've been sharing the Song of Soul of Sherston Helene de Gaia. On stage, she's known as Magic Mama, and her website is magicmamamusic.com. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org and I invite you to share your song of the soul with my listeners just contact me via my website and please join me weekly for Song of the Soul You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul